Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is the service for the May 23rd, 2021 service. Thank you and God bless you. I guess this is close enough to get started. Welcome you to inside service this morning on this Pentecost Sunday. We're glad that you're here. We will start out with a reading this morning from the 15th chapter of John, continuing into chapter 16. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, The Spirit will receive from me what he makes known to you. Let's pray together. Lord, we are thankful that we can come into your presence this morning. Lord, we are thankful that you have sent the Spirit, uh, as you have promised, to make things known, to intercede for us. Uh, Lord, that uh, the Prince of this world does stand condemned. Um, and Lord, that, that you do guide us into all the truth. 
Lord, I pray that your spirit will fill uh, this church this morning as we worship. Um, Lord, just help us to trust in this as the apostles did 2,000 years ago. It's through your son's name we pray. both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan, which you formed to frog there. These all look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to, to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Almighty Almighty God, as we gather before you today, we rejoice in all of your blessings. Lord, we thank you for the changing seasons. We thank you for the warm weather. Lord, as we enter the summertime, we hope to see, we hope to be able to see some changes. Lord, we thank you for all the things that you do for us. Lord, we ask that you be with those who travel the summer. We ask that you be with those who need comforting, those who are sick. Lord, be with us throughout the rest of this uh, service. Help us to something, come closer to you, and be more like your son, who died on the cross for us. It's in his name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see everybody. Today is a big day. This is Pentecost Sunday. And I grew up in our tradition. Book of Acts was a big deal. Pentecost was a really big deal, as it should be. But I'd never done the church seasons until I came to Ackland. And uh, I asked, remember I asked Paul Prill, I said, what am I supposed to do, that, do with this? He said, you'll figure it out. And uh, <laughs> great Paul answer, right? Yeah. And uh, 
but doing Advent and Lent and Epiphany, I got that backwards, but Easter and doing all the seasons. And uh, I remember one of the great joys of my whole life has, uh, my adult life especially, has been, oh, this is how it all fits together. This is how the birth of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection and Pentecost, this is how this is all one big story. So today's Pentecost Sunday. It's an exciting day because this is the climax of what we've been doing since November 29th. That was the first Sunday of Advent. Things were very different on November 29th. We had just shut things back down again. The numbers were going up. We we're all trying to figure out how to spend the holidays. And it was like, ugh, these holidays are not going to be great, right? And uh, we were listening to this on Zoom, probably. And uh, loneliness was setting in. I, I know it was for me. And uh, things are different now. At Pentecost, we're together with the outside group here this morning, the inside group, and the building, there's, there's hustle and bustle. There's talk of coffee and donuts in our near future, right? <laughs> and it's an exciting time. And, and that's the point. Like, that's the message of, of Advent to Pentecost, the Advent to Pentecost story. So, the connection between the resurrection of Jesus and Pentecost, which we'll talk about today, is an often neglected story that needs to be an important part of our, of our construct, and that is this, the ascension. So I'm not going to read over the ascension today, but I want us to have the ascension in mind as we think about Pentecost. Ascension is a fancy word for Jesus went back up to heaven. Uh, Jesus returned to heaven. But the ascension is a really big deal for how we, the scaffolding for how we frame what's going on. So let me explain it like this. As a kid, my parents took me on a trip out west one summer, and we went to Mount Rushmore from 1927 to 1941 on a mountain in South Dakota. Guts and Borglum, I had to look that up, I would not have guessed that, but Guts and Borglum carved the faces of four American presidents on Mount Rushmore. Kids, trivia, okay? Raise your hand if you can name one of the four presidents. Henry? George Washington. George JC in the house. JC from Chapel Hill. What do you got? Lincoln. Lincoln. Norbeth. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. We're missing one. Who is it? Henry again. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Okay. We already mentioned Lincoln. Jefferson is the one. Allie, did you have it? Okay. Allie in the back had it. Okay. So I remember what I thought the first time I saw Mount Rushmore may not be what you thought if you've ever seen it first time i thought first thing i thought when i saw mount rushmore was how did teddy roosevelt get in that group <laughs> because um this was back kids where our education system in february was all about president's day and you would study a lot about lincoln and jefferson no it was lincoln and washington you can tell i did well in school but you would do a lot with lincoln and washington and i knew about so George Washington, first president, Lincoln, Civil War, Emancipation Proclamation, Jefferson Declaration. But I kept thinking, how did Teddy Roosevelt get up there? Now, I know my historian friends are already upset with me and would want to talk long and hard about all that Teddy Roosevelt did. And as a national park lover, okay, I want to give credit to Teddy Roosevelt for that. But I think I look at that and I'm like, how did Teddy Roosevelt get in that group? If we were to redo Mount Rushmore, which is not a thing, but if we were to redo it, Roosevelt's not getting in that top four but in our culture to say the mount rushmore it's a way of saying the top four of something right so you could say something like who's on the mount rushmore of 80s hair bands don't raise your hand i'm not going to call people for that one but uh who's on the mount rushmore of 1990s sitcoms 
who's on the Mount Rushmore of the Marvel Universe, or perhaps most importantly for this group, who's on the Mount Rushmore of Ackland D&D players? Okay, maybe that's where the controversy is. But it's a way of saying the top four. And frequently when you think about the Mount Rushmore, it's a fun thing to argue about because you're like, oh, this, this person shouldn't have been included or that shouldn't have been included. But like, what is the top four? And when I look at Mount Rushmore, I'm like, I don't know that Teddy Roosevelt's getting in that group. So my premise this morning, this is the Mount Rushmore of Jesus. Incarnation. And when I say incarnation, I don't just mean his birth, but coming to earth, his ministry, his teaching. Incarnation. Crucifixion, resurrection, ascension. And the ascension is like the Teddy Roosevelt of Jesus' Mount Rushmore. You're like, really? Is, should the ascension be in that group? And it should be. Because the ascension paves the way for Pentecost, what we're talking about today. And this is all about the gospel. So the incarnation is the gospel has come to us. The crucifixion is the gospel has been accomplished. The resurrection is the gospel is victorious. And if Pentecost, fueled by the ascension, therefore, is the gospel has been applied to us. It's come inside of us. It's not just it's come to us, but it's come inside of us. So let's look at what happened on Pentecost. This is Acts chapter 2. I'll invite you in a moment. Grab your bulletin to read part of this with me. But you remember what happens on Pentecost. So Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. I know it's early in the morning to do math, but it's 50 days after Passover. Scripture tells us Jesus hung out with his disciples over a period of 40 days. So 50 minus 40 is 10. So 10 days after the ascension is Pentecost. So the disciples have just seen him a week and a half ago, right, since the ascension. And he told them to wait until power would come down from on high. And you remember what happened that morning. Um, sound of a mighty wind. The spirit came down like tongues of fire, and it, it, it hovered over their heads, and they were able to speak in different languages. And people from all these different countries, they were all Jews, but these were Jewish folks that had come from all over the world, known world, they'd come to Jerusalem, they could all hear them in their own language. And they're like, these folks must be drunk. And Peter's like, we're not drunk, it's too early in the morning, and besides what's going on here, like, we're not drunk, this is a Holy Spirit thing. And he said, you know what? This is Joel chapter 2, that's what's happening. So what does Joel 2 say? Among other things, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I will show wonders and signs, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's as if Peter's saying, things have been a little different for a while. There's been a lot of signs and wonders. Ten days ago, Jesus went up to heaven. But guess what? The signs and wonders are continuing. So what does this mean? He says, this must be the time period we've always thought of, the day of the Lord, the last days, like we've entered into this epoch of human history, Peter's saying. And he's saying it must mean that Jesus is still alive. Jesus is still working. So he says, you know, in Psalm 16, when David said, you will not allow your Holy One to see decay, you will not abandon your Holy One to the realm of the dead. He's like, David's buried right over there. And they all turn and look and like, yeah, sure enough, that's the tomb of David. David wasn't talking about himself. He must have been talking about someone else. He must have been talking about Jesus. Jesus is alive. Well, if he's alive, where is he? And he said, Psalm 110.1 must be about him. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. And together this answered two of the biggest questions they had. Two of the biggest questions we have. Where is Jesus? 
And how often have you asked that over the last year? Where, where is Jesus in all this? And the answer to that question, where is Jesus, is Jesus now sits at the Father's right hand in heaven. What is Jesus up to? Jesus is pouring out the Spirit on us. And that's what's going on. Jesus at the Father's right hand, and he's pouring out the Spirit. And when they hear this, it begins to dawn on them what happened. We waited forever for the Messiah to come. And then the Messiah came, and we killed him. And they become overwhelmed with grief. They're absolutely devastated. Because the Messiah has come, and they killed the Messiah. It's all their fault. Regret fills them. They will be haunted by this forever. There will be no redemption. It's over. But that's wrong. It's not over. Because Jesus has come back to life. He has ascended and now pours out the Spirit. And he offers incredibly cleansing and forgiveness and power. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so let's read the climactic part of this passage. This is Acts chapter 2, 37-47. It's in your bulletin. If you would stand with me for the reading. And join with me in the first two verses if you would like. Acts 2, 37-47. This is... <clears throat> Who would join you. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. And that's us, right? All who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is God's word. You may be seated. So we see a lot in this reading. They repent, they confess, they submit to baptism. They experience cleansing and forgiveness. And these are no small things. But what I want to focus on just briefly here. Is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because they became different people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Prior to this, they were manipulative. They were conniving. They were in it for them. They would argue about, Jesus, can I be first in your kingdom? And then look at the end of Acts 2, 42 through 47. We even romanticize it sometimes because we're like, we want to be a part of a group of people that has all things in common. We want to be a part of a group of people that lays down their possessions for others. Like, we want this in our lives, but we need to understand it only happened because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The good news of Pentecost, filled by the ascension, is this. You can be the person that God always created you to be. It can happen. You can become the person God always created you to be. So it was a few years ago, I think it was the first time I took the teenagers to work camp. And I think it was just five of them. I think it was a small group. 
and it was late in the week and I was tired because I had not been sleeping in my normal bed. You know how that is, right? And we had spent the night at the Northside Congregation up in White's Creek and there was no coffee that morning. And this devastated me, <laughs> deep within me. And uh, I remember some of them teenage rumors, I did not talk on the drive-in. We were all meeting at the Woodmont Hills Congregation up here on 8th. And uh, there would be coffee there, I had been promised. But I was very irritable and grumpy that morning and did not talk to anyone else. And we finally pulled up to the church parking lot. I was so excited. I was like, if I can just get in there. And so it's like, okay, everybody out of the van. I, I need my coffee. Everybody out of the van. And they were just like not in a hurry. They were like shooting the breeze and talking. In my memory, I blame Lake Porter for this. He's not here. That may be unfair. But um, they're all. And so finally I said what I have lived to regret. Um, I said, uh, get out of the van because I need my coffee. So I can be a Christian today. <laughs> and uh, they immediately started making fun of me because nothing amuses teenagers like the hypocrisy of their preacher. And uh, they immediately knew, what is it with this guy? He should be kind whether he's had coffee or not, right? And, and they all knew. And, and uh, this, was, this was Charlie. Charlie made this his senior quote in his yearbook, right? Which both has called me out and I also see as an honor. It's very odd. But... Um, they knew because they've grown up around us. They all knew I needed something. <laughs> I was glad no one amen. But they all knew I needed something to become a Christian. I could not do it in and of myself. But they all knew it wasn't coffee, right? We need the Holy Spirit. Some of us have been trying to do life without the Holy Spirit. We've gotten some really bad results. I know I have. Because there are too many times, even now, I try to do life without the Holy Spirit. And I'm not who I, I'm supposed to be. So the question this morning on Pentecost is, do you have the Holy Spirit? Have you ever received the Holy Spirit? If you do have the Holy Spirit, is it growing or is it weakening? You know, in Acts uh, 6 or 7, when they're starting to stone Stephen, he says, you, he looks at them and says, you always resist the Spirit. He like points him. And here's the thing. If you resist the Spirit, it gets weaker. And if you fan the flame, as Paul says, and I think 1 Timothy, it gets bigger. It's like a fire. So you can put it out, snuff it out, or you can fan it, and it gets bigger. And... What is the extent of the Spirit in your life? Because a lot of us are like, oh yeah, I have the Spirit. I got baptized decades ago. But if you fan the flame of the Spirit, or is it like so tiny and you give it 45 minutes every Sunday morning and then you keep the Holy Spirit in such a tight box. I've, I've been there and it, it breeds very bad results. A lot of us, we rely on ourselves because we're smart. We rely on our own ingenuity. We rely on our academic instincts to interpret the Bible and know how best to live our life. But it doesn't, it doesn't work. And so our lives are in many ways stuck. Um, it reminds me of this. One of my favorite things to do is to teach someone how to ride a bike. And if you remember a year ago, we were kind of on lockdown. 
And when I would look out the window of my house, everybody's out riding bikes. And it was so hard to find bikes on Amazon. There was like, people were hoarding bikes and toilet paper, right? And it was so hard to find a bike. Two of the kids wanted a bike for their birthday and it was really hard to find one, right? Um, one of my favorite things about teaching our kids how to ride a bike, and I've, I did the traditional way, I, I know some of you did other types of ways of teaching, but I did the training wheels, the traditional training wheels route. And uh, you can really get going with training wheels, but you can never, you can never go super fast with training wheels, right? But, um, and then there becomes that part where they're riding the bike. The training wheels are not really even hitting the ground. But I'm like, let's go ahead and take these off. I don't know that I want to take these off because what if I need them, right? And then there's that, there's that joyful moment where you finally take the training wheels off and you've got your hand on their shoulder, kind of the back seat, kind of holding it of the bike. And then, and then they just take off. They just take off. <clears throat> and uh, I've seen it with my kids. I've seen it with some of you. I've seen it with random kids in the neighborhood. I've just stopped, stopped and watched on my walk because it's just so beautiful to watch someone take off on a bicycle. And that's what happens with us with the Holy Spirit. When we say, I'm no longer gonna, no longer gonna trust in the training wheels of my intelligence and my own ingenuity and my work ethic and pulling myself up on my own. Um, I'm gonna take all that off and I'm gonna trust in God and I'm gonna trust in the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, it's scary. It's like take, taking the training wheels off, it's scary. But we can take off like never before when we truly trust the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? Three really quick things. First, if you've never submitted to baptism and received the Holy Spirit and claimed the promise of Pentecost, we want that for you. I remember second Paul Prill quote of, of the morning, he would always say, we're not a pressure congregation, but we do want this for people, right? If you've never been baptized and received the Holy Spirit, we want this for you. Shoot me a text. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. I can say that about a lot of you. If you talk to a friend about this, it's really important to experience the cleansing of our sins and the future power of the Holy Spirit. Second, if you have received the Spirit of baptism, fan the flame. Make it grow. Don't minimize the Spirit. And this happens through spiritual practices like prayer and fasting and Bible reading and meditation, solitude, silence, communal worship. But ask yourself, am I cooperating with the Spirit? Am I listening to the Spirit? Do I acknowledge the reality of the Spirit in my life? Do I ask Jesus, Jesus, will you guide me today? And then do I stop and listen? Do we ask Jesus what he wants and then allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives? And then third, and this may be the biggest change for us, we must emphasize the ascension, which fuels Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit in our vocabulary and in our constructs of how we conceptualize the faith. We must not push those truths to the side. We, we cannot allow the ascension to continue to be the Teddy Roosevelt of Mount Rushmore. Like, it's, it's an essential part of all this. So I know we talk a lot about the crucifixion and resurrection, and we should. But we need to give voice to the ascension. We need to think about it. We need to talk about it. Because once again, it answers two of our biggest questions. Where is Jesus? And what is Jesus up to? Jesus is at the Father's right hand, pouring out the Spirit. He's working. He's not on vacation preparing your mansion. I mean, he's preparing a place for us, but he's doing that by pouring out the Spirit. Jesus is concerned about us. 
Just like Exodus 3 at the burning bush where the Lord said, I have heard the cries of their groaning. Jesus hears the cry of our groaning and his response is he's pouring out the spirit. He's not an absentee Messiah. He's not living here, but he's alive here through the spirit, if that makes sense. And we must be a group of people that talk about the Holy Spirit. Growing up in this tradition, I humbly say I was not great at that. We were not great at that. There were fears about... I'm just being honest. I think the people I grew up with were very fearful of the excesses of 1980s TV preachers. And they were concerned that if we ever said the word Holy Spirit, snakes would come out or something. Not like bad snakes, the snakes you handle. This was not in my notes. But anyway, there were fears about what might happen if we ever talked about the Holy Spirit. Okay? And we need to be a group of people that is not afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. And sees that as, as a, full, a full equal member of the Trinity. The incarnation, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. This is the Mount Rushmore of Jesus. This is the story of the gospel celebrated from Advent to Christmas to Epiphany to Lent to Easter to Pentecost. This is the story of Jesus. And it is the narrative, it is the script that we have been given to find meaning and purpose for our lives every day. So today and every day, we celebrate Jesus who pours out the Spirit and enables us to be the people we were always created to be. scriptures in the Bible, um, and I don't mean Genesis, I mean the things that begin things. I like the beginning at Pentecost, the Luke 4, beginning of Jesus' ministry. There, there's something about that, that that's, re that's really exciting, especially right now, where um, it feels like a new beginning as things are, are opening up and, and we're beginning to get to return to normal and return to doing things. And so I was thinking about that, that this week, and I, I read a scripture that, that got me like asking some questions, and it's a really common scripture that, that we've read a lot, but it, it made me think about how this last year, for so many of us, has been about survival, has been about um, taking care of ourselves, um, in some cases, fearing other people, fearing the virus that they may have, fearing uh, lots of different things uh, about other people. Um, and so this, this passage from Matthew 22 hit me a little differently this week. Hear what the Lord Jesus says. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I can't help but think as this new season of Pentecost starts and we start to, to do things anew again, um, that, that there's so much we can do to love our neighbor better. Um, we, we see that in our broader culture, the need to love our neighbor. 
Um, and, and this is a season where we get to confess and renew the commitment that Jesus challenges us to. So as we eat this meal together, let's pray. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and words and deed, by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will, will and walk in your ways and the glory of your name. Bless this meal that we share together in this room and with all of your body across the world. Let us be a light to others for the glory of your name. Amen. close this morning with Romans 8, 22 through 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we have hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks uh, for the spirit you have sent upon your people. It is so comforting to know that when we don't have the right words to say to you, um, that the spirit is there on our behalf, um, saying the things that need to be said. 
Father, fill us with your spirit and help us to fan that into flame. Help us to be a light uh, in this community at Ackland, the larger community of Nashville and Tennessee. We pray that you will bear fruit among us and that they will be seen and they will be enjoyed uh, by your people. Father, we give you thanks for Christ, for the mercy that you've shown us in his life and his death, his resurrection and his ascension. Bless us this week, Father, as we try to live our lives as disciples of Christ. It's in his name we pray. that the uh, Mount Rushmore is an extremely uh, personal thing. So as I was sitting there, I was thinking, let me share the uh, Mount Rushmore of emotion that I've seen here at Appalachian Church since I've been here. Number one, I think, would be the support and togetherness that we showed around Ian Hoskins. Number two would be the gender discussion that we had last week. Number three would be the first few games of Ackland softball this year. <laughs> Lost to only 20 runs the first game in the first inning that we gave up. This last one, it was what, seven, nine runs in the last inning that we it gave up to lose the game? Who was the pitcher, Brad? <laughs> I am the pitcher. I walked two batters in the, uh, in the last inning. Brad, maybe that should be the William Henry Harrison face up there. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And number four, was the, uh, the emotion that I've seen around coffee and donuts coming back. JP just alluded to it. I think he was crying. <laughs> so um, great news, coffee and donuts coming back June 6th. Um, and we're also extending time together back to 11 a.m. with class. So plan for that accordingly. Can't tell you how awesome it felt coming in and seeing some people today that I haven't seen in quite a while. Um, just uh, seeing that morning throughout outside. So hopefully you feel that same joy. Uh, in, in seeing other congregation members back. So let's go back to getting on track, I guess. Uh, this week we've got a few ladies of greatness that we want to celebrate for their birthdays. Laura Bauer, Jenna Christian, and Charleston Ashford. So share your love with those ladies of greatness. Uh, paddle day today. Get out, get hot, get sweaty, get in the water. 1.30 to 4.30. Just bring yourselves, and everything else will be there, hopefully. Uh, Wednesday night gathering. Is this, is this true, honey, at our house? You didn't know. Yes. <laughs> Wednesday night this week at, at the, the Naps house, if you can make it, 5.30 to 7. Um, let's see here. Birmingham trip a little bit later. You know, we've got a, quite a bit of stuff going on in, in June. Um, from work camp to mission week to a uh, chance to uh, celebrate uh, a variety of stuff with civil rights uh, and educate ourselves more. Uh, so the dates are all in the uh, bulletin. If you need more information about that, see one of us and we'll definitely share that with you. And we got some stuff in July, November, and December. Plan accordingly. We've got a variety of people on our prayer list that we beseech you to continue to be on your faces and your closets um, praying for people. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's enough. Oh no, JP has something else to say about coffee. I do actually. So 
So when it comes to coffee donuts, some of the people that regularly do that work have not come back yet. So we're probably in need of some volunteers to pick up donuts, to be kind of the cleanup crew in the kitchen at the end of the morning. So the Wagner roll, the Neil roll, some of those roles. So see one of the elders if you can fulfill one of those roles. 10-4. Anybody else? I think we've got a few songs to sing, right? No, no, no songs. So we're gonna go straight to straight to class. So give some love and uh, get to class. Oh, Brian, one more thing. Oh. Um, because of the eight, the elementary class is gonna be inside. Middle school, what are you doing, Paul? Uh, that classroom. Okay. High school. Who does Spencer get to teach high school? I've got, I've got, You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash Thanks again for joining us. God bless.